<coughs> uh, just a few little things here before we get. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans 12. <coughs> if you need a Bible, we got some. Anybody need a Bible? I got some over here. You can follow along. Clay, would you hand me one of them deals up there? Anybody else? <clears throat> In any of those, if, if you need to hang on to one of those or keep it, take it. Okay? <clears throat> um, we're going to be back in Romans. We finished our Articles of Faith. And uh, we're going to get those typed up and we'll get it framed up. So... It is right there. And we don't do it to offend. And we're going to see that today in Romans 12 and the beginning of Romans 13. It's not to be offensive. It's just to stand and declare what we believe the Word of God teaches and says. You know, there's where we get ourselves in trouble. You know, the Bible says, as for God, His way is perfect. Psalm 25, verse 10 said, The ways or paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Okay? Kind of like God sets up the guardrails, as it were. You ever been... How many people been over Wolf Creek Pass? Anybody hauled a load of horses over Wolf Creek Pass? Ain't that a deal? <clears throat> My truck, for like three years, still had the fingernail marks over on the passenger side where my wife was sitting coming up and over that because if I remember correctly there ain't no guardrail <clears throat> and it's a man that's a waste yeah that's not all it'll go off the road uh, <clears throat> but <clears throat> you know you usually got guardrails what are they designed to do kind of keep us where it's safe and to get us from point A to point B. And that's kind of what, you know, that's what the Word of God does. But uh, just a, a few things I want to I want to touch on before we get into Romans 12. <clears throat> uh, I want to thank everybody for all the stuff, all the work that you've been taking on. And, <clears throat> you know, we're getting our sign painted right now. And it's going to be really cool. I, I, I got to see a picture of... of kind of part of it and it's on a piece of juniper and the letters are going on there and it's just going to be real simple and basic it says this is us it's where we are and uh, and we have that going on and you know with the kids ministries and <clears throat> all them shoebox deals boy that was quite the deal 50 of them that's a good testimony by the way so I appreciate that and just the work. Uh, you know, there's a few of you that I tend to load work on. And I appreciate your willingness and your patience with me. Because <laughs> especially one of you just goes, oh my Lord. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, we have some things coming up. we got, you know, the church decorating, which, you know, we got... We need to keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. End of story. That's just the way it is. 
but there are other opportunities to serve and to do things within the local church. And, and, I, and I want to encourage you to plug yourself in. Okay? And say, hey, you know, what can we do? Is there something we can do or whatever? Because we'll sure enough say, yeah. Plug yourself in. Be a part. You know, this is not... The local church was not designed for us to be kind of satellites, you know, that circle around it. We need to plug ourselves into it. And, and there's a ton of ministry <clears throat> opportunities. A ton of them. And, and it's not, you know, it, you know, how many hours a week. That's, no, it's just opportunities to serve and to minister to one another and to our community. No, Acts 1.8, Jesus said, and ye shall be witnesses. He didn't say you're going to go witness. He said you are witnesses. That's a description. Where does it start? It starts in our Jerusalem. This valley here, Buckhorn, Cliff, Mule Creek, and it goes out into what? Our Judea, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world, and, and we start here. So there, there is just tremendous opportunities for folks, and uh, you know, we we need to to concentrate on uh, lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is preeminent. End of story. But we need to, as it says in Matthew, be that city set on a hill, that light, a lighthouse. You know, the the local church ought to be a hospital. When, when you come in here, this ought to be almost, the, other than maybe your home, ought to be the safest place you are all week. It's here. And so, <clears throat> plug yourself in. And, and then, hey, remember uh, that Christmas Eve service. Pray for that deal. Because, uh, i tell you what, we, we just gotten in the habit <clears throat> not just as Christians but as a people of we just kind of go through the motions at Christmas time and, and, and nobody's really going to argue with you too much you know people say Jesus is the reason for the season and you know, all these you know greeting card stuff and, and most people aren't really going to fight over that argue you know every once in a while you'll get that old atheist he'll puff his chest out and, and you know you can cure that just tell him to go sit in the foxhole in the middle of the battle, and I bet you he starts praying real quick. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we just go through the motions. And we take for granted. Um, and so pray for that service, because I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be full of folks. They're going to come to that and go, oh, the kids are so cute, and the, Nativity, and they're coming in on a donkey or a horse or whatever. Yeah, you know, they, they get so wrapped up in that, and just pray that, that, that the Holy Spirit works and opens their eyes to the need for a Savior. And uh, anyhow, all right. Mark, we will have a service here that morning. Sure, why not? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, we will. Okay. We'll we'll meet here just like normal. Okay. And uh, and then there'll be that, that Christmas Eve deal over there in Glenwood. 
that evening. What's it at five? Five. Five o'clock. And uh, all right, Romans chapter twelve. <clears throat> now it's been a while since we've been in Romans, and so uh, you know Romans twelve. Just kind of give you a quick little recap, just to kind of help jog your memory a little bit. Uh, you know, in Romans twelve, those first. Uh, Six, seven, eight verses. Uh, we we're talking about what what is God's will for us. Talking about spiritual gifts, and we spent a lot of time on what spiritual gifts were. Uh, you know, and what the will of God is. What what's the will of God for your life? I'll make it real easy. Right here. I've had you know over the years, and and I've even asked the question. You know. <clears throat> you growing up and, and and you know the ministry was the farthest thing from in fact I told some folks one time that you know I was saved when I was about coming eight years old and grew up in church and all that and but the ministry was in no that wasn't in my plan you know I used to look at preachers and go uh-huh you know they all wore them suits and them wingtip shoes and went, man, that is not for me. And uh, <clears throat> and then I got older, and, and I think some of you I've shared with, you know, when God really said, hey, <laughs> hello there. And and I'll tell you something, when God calls you to the ministry, it's, it, you know what's going on. And, and He and I kind of, I'm, Real grateful that he didn't do to me what he did to Jacob. Remember that? Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night long, and finally the Lord reached down and touched his, his hip and his thigh, and he limped the rest of his days. I mean, I, it was a knockdown drag out for about a year, because I liked my life. It was like, Lord, you never made a mistake until now. And. You know, God just worked and worked, and finally I just said, okay, okay. You know, and I struggled with what, well, what's God's will for my life? What, what should I be? Should I do this or should I do this? Of course, everybody's got three cents worth, you know. Of course, today with inflation, it's about a cent and a half. But, you know, you struggle with what's God's will for your life. Well, first part of Romans 12 tells us what His will for our life is. It is to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God to apply and immerse ourselves in the Word of God and allow it to do its work in us and the Holy Spirit to do His work in us. And then if God moves you and calls you to the ministry or, or uh, to His service or whatever, that's, that's up to Him. But His will for our life is to what? Apply this and make this a part of our life. And so we saw that, and then of course we got into about verses 9 through uh, 16, I think we got into it, and we began to uh, talk about our Christian testimony, and, and how we uh, should be toward others. You know, I've said this many times, are folks better off for having spent time with us? Yeah, you remember the old presidential debate from 1980? 
you know, old Reagan and Carter, and Reagan said, are you better off today than you were four years ago? <laughs> Pretty much won him the election right there. But are folks better off for having been in our presence and knowing us and spending time with us? And, and you know, we, we begin to talk about that, and, and, and we start to flow into that uh, uh, overcoming good Take you know good and have it overcome evil. Don't become overcome with evil, okay? And we got into verse sixteen. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not things of high estate, or mind not things high things, but condescend to men of low estate. And now we get into a section here that's that's starting to deal with our reaction. And again, this is our testimony. Another way to put testimony is credibility. Okay. And he begins to talk about our credibility or our testimony to those that are contrary to who we are. Let's look at this. Verse 17, Recompense uh, to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing, or in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I mentioned earlier that we are not going to put up our, our articles of faith to be offensive or to stuff those in people's face. And one of the things that we see here Especially it comes out in verse 18. The Word of God, now understand this, the Word of God can be offensive to those who oppose it. Understand that. People don't like to be told, hey, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. People don't like to be told that, you know what, you cannot come to God except through Jesus Christ. End of story. Because man's religion has come along and said, hey, you can go to God this way. You can go to God this way. Just go out there and, 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 and look at what is taught. You, know, you, you, you do enough good works. You do enough good things. You're good to go. Let's roll. And the Bible says, uh-uh. It says all your best, all your righteousness is as filthy rags. Remember that when I used that description of my old cabin coat? I still got that thing. Julie won't let it in the house. It's out in the laundry room. I mean, it, I, that thing's been washed a hundred times. You know, it... it <laughs> yeah. 
That's my righteousness. It is filthy, nasty, wretched, raunchy, stinky, smelly, decaying, repulsive. It didn't bother me. I kind of like the smell of that creosote dip. She didn't. You know, middle, you know, at two in the morning, I'd come in the house and she'd go, oh, you had to pull another one, huh? Yep. The Bible says that's my best. Bible says there is none that seeketh after God. Nobody. It is not in man's nature to seek after God. You say, I, I don't believe that. Well, then you just take it up with God because He's the one that said it. In the book of Psalms, it says that God looked down to see if there was anyone that sought after Him. where God's grace and love and mercy come into play. And He reaches down. <clears throat> Jesus said, No man comes to Me except the Father draws him and woos him. And we can't work our way. It's not in our nature. There's so much out there today. And so many will find it offensive when we just give them the simplicity of the gospel. You know, you've probably heard me say this before. I don't know how to share the gospel. As man, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where you got the bread. Right there. Share your testimony. You don't have to be a theologian. In fact, ain't nobody in this room a theologian. Okay? To me, a theologian's the Apostle Paul. Somebody like that. You know, we just struggle to grasp these things. We struggle to apply them to our life. You know? It's a daily, a daily deal. The simplicity of your testimony. The simplicity of just saying, this is what God did for me. But they find that the Word of God is offensive. But here's the deal. When I look at Romans 12, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, you know what it tells me? We are not to be offensive. <clears throat> How did Jesus say that men would know that we are His disciples, that we are those that follow Him? Hmm? By the way, we love each other. How do they know? By the love that we have for one another. By the love that we have for those outside of that, what you could call circle of faith, those who have not trusted Christ as Savior, those that we run into day by day. <clears throat> Think about it. <clears throat> who was attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ? 
It's in the Book of Matthew. I'll give you something to look up to later. No, who was attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says that the common man, the everyday man, the working guy, the working family, the less than, and by the way, beggars, thieves, and harlots were attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he did what? He extended to them love, grace, and mercy. Did his holiness and righteousness change at any time? No. You ever you ever watched that that and, and read it, that uh, conversation that the Lord Jesus had with the woman at the well in, in John chapter four? <clears throat> I think I told you guys one time. How many of you dads would have just been? jumping for joy if your boy would have walked home at 21 years old and said, hey dad, meet my new girlfriend. And it was a woman at the well. But yet, the Lord Jesus, did he speak the truth? Did he speak the truth in love? Was he offensive to her? Was he in her face at any time? You know, even when she said, uh, I have no husbands, he said, well, you, you, you've spoken the truth. You've had five, and the guy you're with right now isn't your husband. It wasn't offensive. He just spoke the truth. And, and so many times, especially today, we... Uh, How many times have you seen somebody post on that Facebook deal? You know, and, and they just berate and mock those that clearly post things that are contrary to the Word of God. Let me ask you something. What, what do you think the chances are that those individuals, that maybe they, they post it directly to somebody they know or whatever, what do you think the chances are that they're ever going to win that individual to the Lord Jesus Christ? Look at this. It says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Okay, now, listen, I'm not going to tell you there isn't a time to pick up the sword. Maybe we'll spend a little time on that next week. Okay. But as far as our testimony goes, and as far as our spiritual credibility, because really that's what testimony is, isn't it? It is spiritual credibility. Does it mean we're perfect? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. You know, a lot of wives that live on ranches, you know all about that. Just go work cows with your husband. 
<laughs> I could tell you stories. <laughs> Ethan would love to tell you stories. <laughs> Testimony is credibility. You know, if we say we love the Lord Jesus Christ, but we don't show love to others, we don't show compassion to others, we don't show gentleness and kindness and self-control to others, who's going to listen to us? Who's going to even come to us? See, these people sought out the Lord Jesus Christ. You read the Gospels. People sought Him out. There were times that he would speak and he did, they'd have to push him out in a boat because everybody was just right there at the edge of the Sea of Galilee. They, they just couldn't get enough and they had to slide him out into the water a little bit. They sought him out. And then it says, Dearly beloved, verse 19, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. What's he talking about there? What's our priority? Somebody wrongs us. Somebody wrongs us. Somebody sells us a you know a three-legged horse or you know, whatever. And what's our first inclination? Oh, I'm gonna fix his wagon. That low-life scum sucking da 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 da. -da, -da. You know what he just did to me? And, I mean, you know. I'm going to get him. I have every right to get him. I hate to tell you this, but as God's child, we don't have the right to get him. We don't have the right to, I'll show him. Man, I'm fixing to burn him down. That guy did to me, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And yet the Apostle Paul writes, he says, Dearly beloved, I like that. When you hear somebody say, Dearly beloved, does it like get you fired up more or does it go, oh, Okay, what? It's almost like he's saying, Hey, let's quiet down here for a second. Let's think about this. What should our priority be? He said, don't avenge yourselves. Okay. You can be upset. We struggle with that. He said, don't act on it. Don't, don't avenge yourself. What's he saying? He's saying, you let God handle the situation. Better off that you would feed, be kind to that person that wronged you. 
or in so doing now shall heap coals of fire on his head. That has to do with kind of that, that sense of shame. You go back and you start a war with somebody, you start a fight with somebody, What's our priority? To win the argument or to see somebody come to Christ? Maybe at a cost to us. Maybe we lost money in the deal. Maybe we, you name it. But because we showed kindness and love and patience. And by the way, why should you even be surprised if somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ mistreats you? Why should we even be surprised? Because the Bible says, The natural man knoweth not the things of God, neither can he. I hate to say it, but they're just behaving the way they naturally behave. Turn to Matthew 5. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount that the Lord... By the way, this is the Lord Jesus talking here. Jesus says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be, what? The children of your Father which is in heaven. What does that mean? That's credibility. That's confirming who we are. How many times you heard me say, let's not forget who we are this week. Both Bo and Clay mentioned that what we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have been bought with a price, Peter tells us, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw it in the book of Ruth. We have been redeemed. We have been bought back. We are no longer uh, need to live under that bondage of the flesh. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. I used to hate that verse. You know, I always wanted, you know, those guys out there, man, have it rain on them. <laughs> God's going, no. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? He said, do not even the publicans the same? The publicans kind of were a picture of those lost individuals. They were the lowest of the low. 
They were deceitful and cheaters and you name it. He said they, they loved their own. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect or complete, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What's he saying there? Let me ask you something. How do you know that... What are, what are the, the ways that you know children belong to their parents? Other than asking. <laughs> if you just... If you just sat here and we had all these little fam you know, families and we brought all the kids back. And then we went and spent the day together or did whatever. Mm -hmm. I see it every time I go over to Ethan's house. If you saw pictures of Ethan when he was little, you're looking at clay. Children are to have the characteristics of their parents. Who is our father? God. Then should we not display the characteristics of our father which is in heaven? Did not God provide a way that man could be redeemed and reconciled to Him, even in man's sinful, nasty, rotten, wretched state? And don't we have a Heavenly Father that, that indwells us through the working of the Holy Spirit because He didn't leave us down here without the help that we need and the comfort that we need These things in, in Romans chapter 12 at the end of the chapter are what? It's displaying the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. Not just to one another. But like it says in Colossians 4, walk in wisdom to those that are without. Displaying the characteristics of our Heavenly Father to them. Credibility. Go to First Peter three. First Peter three, verse eight. Finally. Peter's writing under the direction of who? God the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 3, 
He says, finally, be ye all of one mind. What does that tell us? Unify. What lends more? Let's, let's just take it to a local church level. Okay? You ever heard somebody say, you know, the, 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 those, that couple that, that goes to that church, man, they're just great. They just, I, I, I experienced this firsthand. There was a situation, and it was uh, very near one of the largest Indian reservations. There was a couple there that, that boy, they loved the Lord, and you, it just flowed out of them. But boy, there was a whole bunch of folks that just bickered and fought and just, you know, you know how it can be. What has more credibility? What has more effectiveness behind it if you just have one couple? And the rest of the church is spending all this time fighting and bickering. The rest of the Christians that profess Christ are fighting with this person and that person and don't get along with this and don't like this group of people and we don't want them in our church. Da, 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 da. That's why he says, be all of one mind. Speaks of a corporate credibility. A corporate testimony. Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. You could say merciful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. But contrarywise, blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. On the video yesterday, we're, we're going through the prophets, and I was in Jeremiah 42 and 43. And it speaks of a remnant there that during the time of the uh, captivity, Babylon came in, destroyed Jerusalem, overthrew that part of the country, set up governors, all these things. And, and there was a remnant left there and they started to panic because one of their leaders had to, to kill an individual that, you know, he had to, he, he made a decision and he, he went in and rescued some of the remnant and there was a battle and all this kind of stuff. So they were worried what Nebuchadnezzar was going to do, you know. And they went to Jeremiah and they said, all right, you, you ask God what we should do and we'll sure enough do it. We'll, we'll follow it right down to every letter. Well, they weren't serious. Jeremiah said, you need to stay because God wants to bless you here. Okay. If you follow God's promises, God said, if you stay here, I will take care of you. I will prosper you. I will plant you. I will do all of these things. I will bless you if you just listen to me and stay here. You find out what they do. They weren't serious. They run off to Egypt. 
And God also said, if you go to Egypt, all the things that you fear, that's what's going to happen to you. And the Bible says that Babylon attacked Egypt and, and the victory was so great, he said it was so easy for Babylon, it was like a shepherd putting on his coat. Same principle here. That last phrase, that ye should inherit a blessing. Seeking to be Christ-like is not about what we do and what we don't do. It's not about rules and regulations. Hey, should we seek to, to let the Holy Spirit work through us? And, and, you know, the Bible says in the New Testament, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeah. But what is that? That should be the natural outpouring of Christ in us. That should be the application of the Word of God and applying it to our lives. And kind of like that old cow out there that's chewing her cud. She gets it. You know, eats it in the morning and then she burps it up all day long and works it over. You know, that's called meditation, by the way. <laughs> I got to be careful on them cow um, illustration. I got in trouble one time at a big city church. I had Bo read Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Okay. Humbled himself. Became a servant. Was obedient even unto the death of the cross. That first verse, we kind of skip over it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then we try to remember the rest. What Paul's talking in Romans 12, what Peter is saying right here, when we let our, you know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that means that we are in complete symphony and harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to deal with government today. We'll look at that next week. But let me ask you something. Did the Lord Jesus condemn Pontius Pilate? Did he condemn when he went to the cross the Pharisees and those rulers that he didn't revile them. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In order for our testimony to be one of credibility, we need to begin to understand what it means to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. To be in symphony and harmony with the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Remember when I said, what's God's will for your life?
Who's the main character in the book of Ruth? Everybody's really quiet. Oh, there we go. Somebody with some guts. <laughs> Who's the main character in the book of Ruth? The Lord Jesus. Who's the main character in the book of Isaiah? The Lord Jesus. Who is the main character in the book of Hosea? Kind of getting a sense of an overriding theme through all of Scripture? The Lord Jesus Christ. When we seek to lift Him up in our lives and make our priority... Listen, this book is not... Some of you know my daughter went to Oxford. Don't ask me how, because it I don't know. I think stuff skips a generation. But she, she went there and got her bachelor's and she got her master's from Oxford. That deal over in England. Crazy. And, and she told me, you know, there's a, a college over there that's a... It's been there forever. I mean, I don't know how many, you know, over 100 years. And it's a school of theology. And there are men in there that probably literally can write Hebrew in their left hand and Greek in their right at the same time. But I'm going to tell you something. When they die, they're going to bust hell wide open because the Word of God is nothing more than a textbook to them. They've stored it up here, but none of it's made it here. What we need to do is we need to quit treating the Word of God like a textbook, but we need to begin treating it as a view of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things we're preachers struggle with, and, and I've, I've caught myself over the years a hundred million times, Oh, Lord, give me something for the people this Sunday. And he goes, Really? When I should be praying, Lord, show me the Lord Jesus. Because until, until I begin to see Him more, I'm not going to be able to give the people anything. What we need to do is seek Him in the Word of God. What does that do? It produces a credibility of a testimony that draws people to the Savior. You know, it ain't, it ain't about winning the argument. It ain't about being in people's face about the gospel. I'd rather love them to Christ than beat them over the head till they, you know, in bloodied submission go, okay, I give. You know, God's going to put folks in your path. And if you've lived any length of time, He already has. Well, what are we to do? You know, they, He did me wrong, man. I'm going to fix His wagon. 
our Lord, how can I show the Lord Jesus Christ to this individual or these individuals? <clears throat> yes. Remember who we are. Remember who you are. If you've trusted Christ as Savior, you are a child of God. It has nothing to do with being a Pharisee and running around with your nose so high in the air that if it rained like it did yesterday, you'd drown. That isn't it. Jesus wasn't that way. People were drawn to Him. Why were they drawn to Him? Because there was something different about it. They were drawn to one who is worth more than the universe combined. The one who created the heavens and the earth. Can't say it enough. This week, let's remember who we are. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Lord, that guides us, teaches us. Father, help us to seek to let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus. That we can live and be in harmony with the Lord Jesus. And in doing so, it's not always about a fight. It's not always about a battle. It's not about always who wins. Lord, help us to change our priorities, Father. Seek to have the Lord Jesus lifted up in our lives, Lord. Father, that He be our testimony. Father, I pray that You just watch over us this week, and Lord, help us to remember who we are. Not out of pride or arrogance, but out of a desire to see the Lord Jesus shine through us. Jesus' name, amen.